Hello, this is Greg and Clint on another podcast here. Driving on this commute is just going to be a little bit of randomness. Yeah. Yeah. For this one, because there's some updates in the gaming world, you guys. Uh, one is Elder Scrolls, the called arms. That miniature is supposed to come out December, this before Christmas. So we're going to do an update, or I will get an update out at yeah. least anyways, sure. here shortly about what's going on with it, because... There's a lot of talk. There's just a lot of it. And if it's half as good as Skyrim, you know, the Elder Scrolls type yeah. of play, gameplay, you know what I mean, then it's going to be it's going to be a really good thing. Now, I'm curious because I am not real versed on Elder Scrolls or Skyrim to be on. I mean, I know what it is. I yeah. get that, but I've never I I have Skyrim. I've never really played it and I should cuz I'm my understanding it's an awesome game. But um, so, are we looking at like pre-done minis? Are we looking at you assemble and paint, or they look like? Well, it's done by the same company. So I did uh, watch one where they, you know, how they sometimes they give out a box to test. Sure. So this group of guys, I started to watch the other day. I didn't get a chance, but anyways, it's they got the the pre-box. So in a nutshell, from what I get out of it, because they did such an outstanding job with Fallout the miniatures. It plays almost the same way. Oh, nice. Same, same thing. So if you could play Fallout, you're going to transition right over. Uh-oh. On top of that, it's the same quality of miniatures. So the miniatures are going to come just like in Fallout, one, okay. one piece for the most part. You're talking about Wasteland Warfare, right? Yeah, Fallout, okay. Wasteland Warfare. Okay. My my fault, I'm sorry. Hmm. Because uh, they did bring that game out So yeah. last year. So. Now... So it's Mophidius that's doing it. In other yeah. Words. Is it Mophidius or Mophidius? Mo- I'm pretty sure it's Mophidius. I have a hard time pronouncing yeah, that could name. Yeah, <laughs> I could be wrong, too. You're but, probably right. But, but I think it is Mophidius that's doing yeah. it. I mean, they're obviously an established gaming company. They're, they're not like somebody new nope. who just happened to get rights to Fallout or something. I mean, oh, no, they have no. other games. and Well, so. they the dice has imprints on it, a lot like mm. you were seeing for Fallout. Well, so, so, sure. So they said the game plays a lot like it. So it's going to be easy to basically grasp. Apparently it looks like, and I have to check, so don't quote me, but I think it's got an AI component too. Nice. Where, same thing, Fallout, uh, Wasteland Warfare, you can play by yourself. Which for people who don't have anyone to game with is a godsend. Yeah. And then if you're wanting to build strategy... And there's everyone's gone, and you have the, the place to your house, you know, yeah. to yourself. But throw some things down. People leave the house and leave you alone. What? I don't know. I don't know. I, oh yeah, I'm, I'm saying yeah, I never see try, that. But I, I don't remember <laughs> those days. If you can sneak in, you know what I mean. You can build strategy that way too. So that to me is a uh, is kind yeah, of a that's cool, cool good way to play test configurations and, and troops. Yeah, and you can't you can't cheat on that. So now whether they yeah. bring every little thing over to. Um, the call to arms is going to be interesting now like you clint somewhat i've played skyrim you know elder scrolls um now there are people who are they play this all day every day and for those of you that are far more versed in it you're you're going to like it i think because it's going to transition straight over nice and it should be good to have your friends you know come by and throw a game down so we will see because i have a pre-order in at our local game shop Yeah, well, I, I do need to be more versed in that, and and uh, that would be like the ultimate suit of armor. Yeah. Well, yeah, you could. Yeah, well, yeah, take what you want from each one. 
I'm creating this character by I'm just merging thinking blah, more blah, blah. of some of the melee weapons. Like, you know, it'd be really cool to have some sort of knight or whatever carrying around a giant sledgehammer with a jet engine attached to it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, what would you call that in, in the Skyrim world? I don't know, but it would um, be awesome. I don't know how you'd fuel a jet engine in the Skyrim universe, but... Well, it just sounds like it's going to work out really well. And then you get the Dragonborn miniature with it. Now, I think you'll That's be able cool. to buy it separately, but when you pre-order it, you're going to get it That's on its cool. own. And I, I believe that is a two-piece miniature, so you may have to put it together. Yeah. But, but it's a collectible part that's going to be gamed with, so I figure I'm just praying my boys are far more into uh, Elder Scrolls than I am. They are actually they're actually excited about it, and they yeah. we talked about it the other day. Even they're they're pretty excited about that coming yeah, out. That's so. going to make some good terrain option stuff too. You can really uh -huh. start delving into some of the. I mean, using GW's um, Age of Sigmar or Fantasy terrain modules too would work well, just fine for that so yeah in any kind of medieval kind of anything will, yeah will work but so that's huge so you guys look out for that i put a little a little video about four minutes video i think it is up on our page that i put over from youtube there um so you can take a look at that i just shared it basically but it's there's other things coming out too uh the new diablo just got released the yeah. other day now never really been into that but oh, that's a, a huge following. I, so. I love Diablo 2 that was one of the few fantasy RPGs I played that was not mainstream like Wild Arms or, or um, Wise or anything like that that I really enjoyed. Oh okay so it, I don't uh, you know I don't know much about it so but I do know that there's a lot of people that game it and it's it's got this big trailer yeah and huge following so a lot of a lot of exciting things, man, going on, and yeah. a lot of things getting ready to come out before, obviously, the holiday sailing. Yeah, of course. My God, I'm looking at the river, and I said I know. sailing. I uh, I mean well, sails. Technically, <laughs> yeah. This is my mind is looking at we're we're driving. We're along driving by the river and where the water one of the big parks down, before yeah. it closes up for the winter. Yeah, this is not in the city. This is a. Yeah, we're out in the country. We should have probably videotaped this one because yeah, this would have been a nice drive right here, Quinn. Kind of a last minute thing. Yeah. So otherwise, yeah, we we should have. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. Normally we wouldn't have the same. No, because we're by the dam off, and everything that. that yeah, I've been out is, here. Well, it's falling apart. Oh it? well, it's you know sixty years old, not maintained at all. Every year it floods and pummeled by the river and ice and. I'm surprised it's not in worse shape than it is. Well, then it's held up then pretty it's good. It's held up quite well, considering... I mean, the Army Corps of Engineers built it, so it's not like it was cheap built to start with. Well, yeah, just it's only the one end, but... Uh, just, but the river is not at the levels it used to be either. Oh. So... And what was the other game you were... Um, well, you were there was... Aeronautic Imperialis. Okay, we haven't was, touched. On uh, you know, that we haven't touched so. on that in a while, and I it was on GW site uh, Wednesday or Wednesday or Thursday, and the uh, the orc, uh, the the big orc bombers are listed for pre-order now. It's fifty dollars for two of them, but I mean they're good sized bombers, and then that means the grot bombers will follow. Which the grot bombers are going to be fun. Not that we've played a lot, but I will tell you the grot bombers have this ability to launch a little grot that drives the rocket. So what, what it is, is it yeah. drops this little bomb 
that is driven by a little green-skinned dude who's basically on a suicide mission, and it can actually steer itself into the planes and targets. Well, it doesn't do a ton of damage. It still sucks when you launch three or four of them at one some person. Um, well, so, but if you get the hits, that's where it does the damage. That's where it hurts, especially if a plane can only take a couple hits. Even one hit is 50%, so it's still pretty detrimental. Wow. Um, but I just had that picture of, I can't remember the movie. I watched, a, I mean, it was an old movie where they were dry, doing a nuclear bomb drop, and yeah. he rides the bomb down. You're talking about... Um, I can't remember. Had, um, yeah. Dr. Strangelove and How I Learned to Love the Bomb or something like that. But that he rides the rocket down cowboy style. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can't remember the name. I remember yep, watching Dr. part Strange of it. Love. It was a really old yep. movie. And it was an awesome movie, actually. He rode that it, nuclear it really, bomb down. It's a World War II movie, believe it or not. It's oh. actually a World War II movie because it's during the age of designing the nuclear weapons. Um, it's actually a strange but good movie. And it was filmed in black and white. Well, I just remember but, seeing that clip, and that was just vivid stuck in my yeah. mind when I was a kid. So I'm like, well... So back uh, in the... And, and back in 40K, which they don't really have it as much as they used to, but they would have these grot missiles that were on the back of the trucks, and it would be a missile with a little grot sitting in it, and you'd have this miniature of this missile that was about three-quarters of the size of the truck with a little dude sitting... It looked like an old 50s rocket with the dudes, little Gretchen dude, which are these little green things, sitting in it, steering it. And that's the the stats for the missile worked that way. You fired it, and the, the thing, the little grot, ran it into the target. So it was so you basically would, an orc-guided missile. It was, well, yeah, yeah the, it was a Gretchen-guided missile, which is a but, kind of a subclass of the orcs, but yeah. they call them grots or Gretchen or, you know. There's a, snotlings or whatnot. But, I say I've noticed a couple different names for them, so. Yeah, there's been... Well, it depends on the what orc named them what. Um, oh, okay, that's you know. So I don't know much about the. They are basically the part of in a in a fantasy aspect. They're goblins. They're small little goblins. Is what they really are, in all reality. Yeah. But up they call them Grots or Gretchen or whatever. Yeah, up to no good. But yeah, they would fire these little these these missiles. Well, in Aeronautic Imperialis, you got them. They drop it from the plane. It fires off the rocket, and the little dude will chase your plane with it. According to what I can tell, they can steer it. it. It will move at a certain speed, and it can be steered. So they can basically steer it into a target, or they could accidentally fly it off the map, too. Wow. Um, but well, each plane has capability of dropping three of these from the bombers. Uh, so, so it could do... Yeah. Now, with that game, because I haven't had a chance to play mm -hmm. it yet, you bought it, and I haven't got my copy yet. Um... I was going to ask, is there any, if they're bringing in bombers, so is there going to be any ground targets? Yeah, there already it? are. I have them. Okay. Oh, yeah, I thought we had some terrain we talked about before. Yep, I picked it up. That's what oh, I needed. Oh, you did? Okay. That's what I, I needed that Rin's War book for. That had the bomber oh, stuff. Oh, that's the and bomber And their bombing stuff, run anyway. is, is interesting. Um, I, I'm not 100% of a fan of their bombing rules because if you're at a certain elevation, you can't bomb anything at all just period so you have to be more of a low you have to be a little lower which means your ground defenses can take you out and i understand why they did it rules wise it just doesn't make sense to me that if you're at a higher level with the bombing runs i'm sorry i knowing world war ii history those planes were a thousand feet in the air dropping bombs and hitting targets so why is it i can't be even 400 feet in the air and hit my target with my bomb you know, it just 
It, it, because they're, I think it's because they're technically dropping one bomb. So I, I kind of get. They're not dropping clusters because in no, World War II they were dropping. They did drop know, a lot of clusters. Whatever the the plane could carry at the time. But so I kind of get the I get the reason, and it does make the gameplay a little faster. I mean, at some point, if you're at this elevation, you just can't drop any bombs. Period. That's that's all there is to it. Now there is a a fine medium line where you can be at the right elevation to bomb and the ground defenses have a harder chance of hitting you but then you still need a six on a d6 to hit your target and when you're only rolling one or two dice odds are your bomb will miss 90 percent of the time or 80 percent of the time realistically so yeah bombing is not an exact science that's very true and that that's even real life and i get the game is not really based on total reality but still if you're actually attempting bombing runs, the point of your bombing runs should be that you do hit your target once in a while, not miss your target almost every time. Because I'm sorry, you know how you and I dice roll. Fives and sixes don't come up that often. And no. If I well, only have, I don't. Yeah. If I only have three or four bombs, and I can guarantee that 90% of the time our three or four bombs are not going to hit, it kind of becomes the question of why are we even running bombers then? You know, why even do it if you can't hit? Yeah, I got you. So, but there are, I mean, there are bombers in the game now, and they're not bad. And I did play test some of the bomber stuff, and yeah, I did hit about a third of the time the bombs hit their target. But that was, you know, a bomb that rolls three dice, and I needed a five. But then I was also quite in nicely range of the ground defense guns, which did blow the one bomber out of the sky. So I made a bombing run, I hit my target, and then my plane blew up. Wow. So really, that's not a win. I hit the target, I did one point of damage to the target, but the plane took three points of damage and crashed. So really, that's kind of a loss. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> didn't do much if you if that's all that happened. Logistically, yeah. that was not a win. Now, it's orcs, so really, you're lucky if the thing can just not fall out of the sky on its own. But... Well, yeah, but they have to be... The, a lot of people use orcs and win lots of battles. Yeah, they do. So, it, I guess I just learn how to play with them because well, I don't know much about that group. In, I have the Space Marines. So. In 40K, you have the benefit of mass amounts of numbers. 40K and Age of Sigmar, technically. You have the benefit of mass amounts of numbers. And that's how people win mostly with orcs is the sheer... Just the numbers. Just sheer amount of numbers. You know, when your individual orcs are two points each... For a single orc boy, where your space marine, for example, is six points each, you know you're you're fielding a lot more orcs. Well, it's like they, three to one, yeah. Yeah, I mean they're a little more squishy and they die as easily, but there's still more of them. That's why they call it a green tide. Now, when you get into games like Aeronautic Imperialis, you don't have superiority of numbers. You you have a fifty point contingent of Imperial Guard or Imperial fighters is two planes, a fifty point contingent of orc fighters is three planes you have one extra plane not counting any extra gear or whatever so yeah you got one plane more than you had with the others but then when you look at the imperial fighter being able to shred an orc fighter in one turn and do more damage than the fighter can take having an extra one means nothing yeah they try to you know out that way it, it doesn't balance like it should not saying that the game has to be exactly even it shouldn't but for example, the orc fighter can take two points of damage, but an imperial plane could do almost six points of damage. 
So one plane can take out easily one orc. Now all of a sudden, one Imperial fighter takes out an orc, now it's two versus two. And you know, Imperial fighter can take three points of damage, well the orc may only be able to deal one point of damage. So you're not, you're not benefiting. Some of the upgrade stuff for the orcs are a bit of a benefit, but only a bit of a benefit. So instead of rolling eight dice, you may roll 10 dice, for example. Um, it's still not as beneficial as one would assume. Again, not saying they have to be even. That was a one thing I kind of liked about Adeptus Titanicus is it was Imperium versus Imperium. Everybody was kind of like, had the same Titans and the same weapons configurations or same weapons options. There was no, oh, well, these weapons are all this and this is going to be shorted versus this. It was kind of like in your big uh, Imperial Titans, you had an Imperial Titans, here's the weapons they could have. Everybody had an Imperial Titan and had this weapon configuration. So you could be going exactly like for like, and then it's just down to die rolls. Yeah, and that's, you know? that would sounds like it'd make it more, I don't know. Some people it, are going to argue either it, way, I guess. Yeah, you but, are. Um, but the game, as long as it's fun, I guess, and you have to be able to feel like you have a chance, too. But, uh, so like I could say, just from the few games we've played with Warhammer, uh, when your orc guys got a hold of my Space Marines, my Space Marines could do damage at a distance, but when those big guys with the claws yeah. grabbed my guys, they just pummeled them. Yeah, but they you had know? to get there to do it. Yeah, but that's why I could see where you send yeah. the little green guys out first. Yeah, exactly. One. So and you t get everybody's attention on that, and then you just roll up with the big one. So I mean, it's a learning curve, and then and I don't want to say the games are off balance because realistically they're not off balance. There is a balance to them when you're just an unlucky dice roller like we are. Then that game becomes not as much fun. I mean, it's still fun. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but. I, you know, I expect to lose. I just don't expect to lose every single game. Even if I pull off something cool, you get tired of losing every game because you just can't roll to save your life. Yeah. I mean, you're look at your sniper. You, you've got a sniper, a yeah. trained individual who is designed to shoot things at long range, and, and he has yet to actually hurt a target, let alone hit one. Uh, and every time you know, I've used it, and I've used it every game, I... It's, it's actually you know, useless. Even but that's with, me constantly rolling back. Yeah, and even with the, the re-roll benefit of a one, you're still, okay, yeah, you got a one, you re-roll your one, now you get a two, you still don't hit. So really, yeah, you spending the points on a sniper becomes a waste of, of points. Yeah, and especially when the other guys have a pretty good range anyways. Yeah, you get, now you get Keegan's Necrons, who are good ranged monsters. You know, he's got that benefit of hitting on a three plus for the most part. Where you're hitting on a four plus, I think, and then you start adding range penalties. Now you need a six for a. I, I think it's actually a five for your in your sniper's case. But then, yeah, when you're rolling ones and twos all the time. Yeah, and it makes it doesn't it, do any really good. hard you, to roll a six, especially considering I his mean, points cost. So uh, that that is, I mean, I get why GW put the games at the level they did with the target numbers they did. I do understand it, but really. The offset is when you roll poorly all the time, then it does you no good. That you you can't. It doesn't matter how great this figure is if you're constantly rolling ones and twos. It doesn't matter. They don't do anything well, but die. Maybe we should just have other people roll for us. Well, <laughs> we've tried that. It didn't yeah. always work well. So, or the dice towers we've tried. Um, you know. 
some things I think trying to hit something on a six is you know I mean that's pretty hard to do really because rolling a six is pretty hard to do so I think on some things that should be backed off a little bit like at least make it feasible I'm thinking with kill team especially we should be rolling 2d6 versus one because if you're needing sixes or sevens to hit most of the on average even rolling two dice aren't going to always hit. You're not going to be guaranteed to hit every time. Yeah, well, kill teams you just have different, a different chance. You know, animal. Yeah, but even with, go ahead. I don't mean to try to cut you off. Even there. with aeronautic, it's that way. Most every time you shoot, it's a five plus. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, damn. but that's across the board. Then when you look at, are the is the plane more than two elevation levels higher? Now you need a seven to hit. How now do that's you get across, a, You don't. How do you they get did a, actually put a rule in there that if the plane is two elevation higher than you, two elevations higher or lower, you cannot shoot at them. It I, just avoids it altogether. As I say, you can't get a seven out of a six-sided right. thing. Right. So, so I, 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 they, they did take that in consideration with Aeronautica's rules, but bombing is the same way. So if you're two elevation levels from your target, which means if you're at an elevation level of three, you can't bomb your target. But an elevation level three is nothing, because you're you huh. have to be at elevation level of two or lower. But then you've got a ground defense ground defense guns that can fire up to elevation level four. Oh wow! So, so you really got to get in and get close. Yeah, to... and then you can make a strafing run, which is almost the only. Uh, so okay, so there's two bombing rules in Aeronautica. Your strafing run, which means you're one elevation level off from your target. If your target's ground level zero, you're at elevation level one. You hit on a five plus, there's no penalty. If you're at elevation level two, you have a plus one penalty, which means you need to hit on a six plus. Okay. Okay, on a D6. So at elevation level two, you you still have a chance to hit. But then all your ground defense guns go up to L either elevation level two or elevation level four. And well, they do have a penalty as well, but it's the penalty for them is if you're an elevation level above their maximum range. So if my gun shoots at elevation level four and your plane is at elevation level five, they need a six to hit. But you can't hit them at all. So oh, you, you okay. the, air def- the ground defense could shoot the plane down rather easily. But you can't hit the target at all. So you think there needs to be a little bit of adjustment so that, there, maybe? So that, to me, throws it off. Well, I'd have, to, I'd have to throw down a game with you on that yeah. because I just haven't had a chance. Well, you've got it in your painting, I understand, but uh, I'd like to just try throwing down a game. So. Yeah, we need to. I just want to do a quick fighter versus fighter. Um, well, I want to do... I would like to do that because one of the games I'm probably going to pick up just to try, to be honest with you, is the Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, that I would mean, be a cool one. I think it comes with just to do a standard. I'm not talking about getting, you know, whatever extras, just to get the core set. Yeah. And just see, see what's going on because it's gaining a lot of popularity. And some of these games, I mean, they take strategy. Like, yeah, the one you're talking about, uh, it's going to take strategy. By the way, the one person that was listening that gave us a comment about using a Titan, the idea. For, yeah. You could use one of those too as a, you know, as a terrain. Yeah. Terrain. Yeah. I gotta get around. Still them. work on a base for that and everything, but indeed, that that would still be cool. I still want to do that, 
and yeah, you you crash into a building or the Titan, your plane's instantly destroyed. There's there's no roll. You just go boom. Yeah. So. Well, that's that's cool. I mean, and that's one where we need to do a campaign with that one. That's one where I want us to do a big campaign. We're gonna have multiple fighters. We're gonna have a lot of planes on the field for that, including bombers and fighters, and you know. Well, let's do it. I mean, we have the cameras, and we're doing the yeah, best. Yeah, we do. We can't. What we got, we'll throw down a show. But we should probably learn to play first. Yeah, yeah. That do would a be few a just simple battles. Do a few bombing run battles first, and then start adding all the extra terrain elements. Because I've already got the terrain pieces; they just need to be assembled and painted. And the fight, you know, the aircraft I have all assembled. Everything's assembled except for two of them, and those are just extra pieces. I just had wanted a few more orc fighters. So, and it's just a matter of finishing painting. I got paint schemes down, and it's just a matter of painting. And that's my plan on later today is to finish out those three orc fighters get the next coat of paint on them and start doing the detail work because my bombers are pretty much done there's just some touch up I got to do and then clear coating and I got to primer the orc bases because I've got a little more advanced paint job for the orc bases than I do the imperial bases um, they'll look really cool when they're done well the, I think all the miniatures look better when they're painted and so this is going to be like going back to the Elder Scrolls they're going to come so you can paint them and yeah. when you paint them it becomes your game you put the effort into you know making these these characters look the way they do it makes it more fun to game with in my opinion and oh well that's why a lot of people do it too yeah so. yeah because it's a modeling hobby i mean well they are models and you are gaming but the, the nice thing to me is you're actually gaming against your friends or family or other gamers who like that you know it's not uh all the time just online and so you know, that's yeah. another one we could do a podcast on, too. Is the Well, we should. And I, I had thought about this a while back, and I was going to discuss it with you. I think we should do something on miniatures versus models. And well, some people are going to say they're the same, though. One could say they're the same. However... It's a miniature um, game. It is a model that you're playing with. But a model is a miniature. I'm but, I mean, yeah. But my thought is building. Because... You look at the Fallout miniatures. How many how many pieces are those? Those are usually one or two pieces, and you're done. Yeah, most of those but, are... Well, when you get the kits, which, uh -huh. by the way, they're releasing Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders yep. faction. So that's coming, I guess, here just shortly. And uh, so, yeah, I think when Ashley got the boys as uh, the Super Mutants, yeah. those come in pieces. So... Yeah. Some of them you're going to build, but then the box set we got, you know, your starter set, you guys don't have to worry about building nothing. They're, yeah, they're done. done. So. And they're nicely done. You've got to take yep. a second and actually look at the detail, and you'll see there's actually quite a bit more detail than glancing at them. You know, open the box, you go, oh, yeah, man. No, but if you actually look at them, there's, there's quite a bit of detail to some of those. So. But look at the Games Workshop kits. Those are model kits. You assemble several pieces. Yep. You have to, and you can pose them. You can do more. So my thought with that one was, we talk about miniatures versus model, resin, plastics, metals. Okay. Different glues, different paints. Because I've got that, like that thug for BattleTech. I got that thing's lead. <laughs> that, that's not an old that's lead. Not, that's cast. lead, and you can tell it's lead. So one before I paint it, I want to. We should do a video. You know. I'll just bring over these miniatures and we'll just sit down and set all your cameras up 
and you and I will just discuss it. Do a discussion. And yeah. we'll discuss about the different glues and the different types of paints. And we'll just kind of oh. do a quick, hey, this is this, this is this, this is this. Because, you know, obviously, as a gamer and eBay and other sources, you're going to find that old stuff that's lead. You're going to find that old stuff that's the old um, pewter stuff. Or the... the whatever they called yeah, it. Yeah, it's the actually... Radium uh, or whatever they called it for real Parthas stuff. Yeah, but um, it's the safe stuff, so Yeah, it's, it's the non-lead. Um, uh, you know, the, the PDA plastic. Then you also... We also have 3D printing. Which, by the way, yeah. is a different subject that I would... Well, I'm still going to get one well, at some yeah. point. Um, but I've got to... Right now, the 3D printer I want to get, but I'm more or less wanting to save my money to upgrade what we can do for our podcast because we're not like we discussed before we can't just use the cell phone like somebody's just doing a a video blog or something Yeah, because it's just we can't ours is more geared like at a show or yeah there's something so there's just way way more to it so um, that's what I'm doing but the 3D printer D has one so I'd like to sit and get that thing working and finish putting it together and actually try using it yeah because I think you could do an awful lot and a 3D printer um, would open up the possibilities of your own terrain anyways it would one of my concerns with 3D printer that I'm seeing more and more of is people are are 3D printing versions of the old miniatures and you could design your own you just have to use CAD or something I would look at my my concern I, I don't especially with the Battletech miniatures, the old ones that they're 3D printing, is the quality is just not there. Um, looking at people selling 3D printed Battle Mechs on eBay of the old the old sculpt stuff, and you're looking at the print quality of it, and it's like, it's not bad if you don't have one or you don't want to spend $50 for an old miniature, which I can understand. 3D is an option, but when I really look at it, it's not great quality. It's just not... Well, it depends if you're 3D. I notice when you're 3D printing the bigger things, it's really nice. Bigger houses and things like that. Yeah. The smaller the detail, the harder it's going to be for it to print. But they got this new, well, they call it printing, but they, I don't know, it has to do with the liquid and they shine a light on it. Yeah. The light conforms and those things come out highly detailed. So I guess it depends on what you're, if you're just a standard 3D That's printer. That's not good. Uh, wow, there's a truck. Well, the fence stopped him. Yeah, the fence stopped him, but he all the way the down the quite side a ways. of the hill. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I think yeah. it depends on what you got, but the average person like us, we're not. I don't know. I guess maybe the average person can't just throw down, you know, yeah. two or three or six thousand dollars on some massively overpriced. Yeah. Whatever. If you're going to get a printer, it's going to be in the two to four hundred dollar range. Then those printers, yeah. they do good for certain things. And I, I think they'd be good for making a uh, prototype of something. Yeah. And then you could take files and fine-tune the f- prototype. Yeah. Then you could make a mold. Then yeah. I would resin cast it, as yeah. opposed to burning my printer up anyways. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the mold would be expensive. Like the roads for our Flames of War and, and that. Yeah. And all those, yeah. yeah, 3D print a road and then resin cast it and then you can use the silicone to make it a flexible road yep 
you know, and it's still good detail. It's 3D printing is good. I'm not definitely not saying that, but the detail work that's coming out, I'm just not super impressed with. Well, um, some again, I think it depends on the printer they have. It could be some people, you know, are just trying to get going, so they don't have the money to. Yeah. Let's like look at the guys on say Etsy that yeah. uh, that that laser cut the acrylics. And they've got thousands of sales. But you know what? When they first got their laser cutters, they weren't three grand. They were yeah. seven and ten and yeah. twelve. So they, they paid a lot of money for a laser cutter that could do what today's laser cutter will do for three, but still three is a long yeah. reach if you're not if you don't if you don't have designs and things you want to do. But granted almost all those are copies of what's been made, but yeah. But then again, it's kind of nice to have the acrylic pieces opposed to the cardboard ones yeah. on some games. So, yeah, and, and you know, I like the idea of laser cutting terrain. I still just am a little anti MDF. Um, not as much anti MDF as I used to be. Well, what blows me away is the cardstock. The cardstock is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's it's paper thin, but then there's that stuff I showed you. You can buy a can of it. And you put it on there. Yeah, and it, so it hardens. So basically, I mean, if it's done right, it looks fantastic and it's lightweight, yep. but it's durable. But it's cardstock, so you have to <laughs> you have to have the tools for it, Clint. Honestly, we don't yeah. have the tools for we any just, of that stuff. We just don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd love to uh, laser print or laser cut cardstock for BattleTech and do the small buildings for CityTech because I think there that's a brilliant medium for that. We can just design futuristic-looking buildings and have that, and then that's something we could sell easy. Yeah, because it's basically six millimeter is what it is. Basically, so it works for any game. I mean, it worked great for. Um, oh shoot, can't think of the other one now. Drop Zone Commander or whatever. Oh, Drop, drop Zone Commander. Stuff like that, you know. I actually had a pretty good following, really. And it came with, well, it came with kind of like a cardstock. Yeah, like they, were, they were, yeah, they were um, just printed versus, you know, pieces. They were still cool buildings. Well, at least you had terrain to fight yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, and, you and know. You had something. So that's why a lot of these starter boxes are a good deal. And, yes, you can always get uh, your official train because we have, quote, official Warhammer yeah. train and official this or that. But there's some pieces too, like I've got some some photos I'm getting ready to put up, with that, in all honesty, of, uh, I got some sandbags, for instance, from yeah. from a company, I don't want to mention the name, but it, I got it in Britain, very well known, out of the London area there, and it was crap. It, it looked like their mold is worn out, because all the sandbags, you know the pockets, when you, after yeah. you take out, when you guys resin cast something in a mold, after you pop so many pieces out, the mold starts to tear yeah, or separate bits here and there. Yeah. And so then you'll do a cast and you go, oh, there's an air pocket there. Or there's something, you know. And so this had, I had to actually get filler and fill these holes, file them down, and then I made my own blend of sandbag looking paint that I just mixed yeah. colors together to get what I wanted. So I've got the before pictures of those sandbags. I got the pictures of them where you can clearly see the white patching, that yeah. tamia, or whatever that stuff yeah, is, which, by the way, my God, use that out of the house. They're not joking when it says to, to you have ventilation. Well ventilation. Yeah, yeah, it's this little two-ounce tube, and I'm telling you, it says to use a respirator. It is so strong 
I had it underneath the vent fan in the kitchen uh, because it's cold outside. And I'll tell you what, from, from now on out, I'm just going to have to go outside and do it because it, it's that bad. I mean, it's... <laughs> but it filled the holes. Yeah. Then I was able to file those off and then paint them. And then by the time I'm done adding, like... Because uh, I like the Citadel basic Yeah, paints. that's some good stuff. Like, for these, you're going to want mud. So I've got the mud texture. Yeah. Uh, well, it's texture paint. So I'm, it's going to look like there's mud at the bottom of the sandbags and whatever. But... Those things like that, we could show you guys how to do. But but if you're gonna do something, print it and then mold it. You're gonna also have to check up on it because yeah. I the price point was good. Don't get me wrong, it was eight bucks, and I believe with overseas shipping it was twelve something dollars. Not I'm bad, not complaining then. for six pieces, basically two dollars each. But yeah. but the quality was wow you need to redo those molds yeah because they're worn out and it's too bad because they're pretty popular in the area they're at but yeah in in realistically with a silicone mold you know one to two hundred pieces that's the life of the mold and the problem with it is it costs you 30 bucks to make the mold yeah this is where this way me and Quinn have looked into this a lot so I've made molds I've got four or five at home now I think actually more you know what each one of them I had to buy a jar of that mold mix yeah. um, and I, sometimes I got two molds out of it but it costs you 30 bucks US just to do that and then it's only going to be good for so long and it's no good yeah you know so I don't know how we got to molds but well that, and we, we should do a discussion on mold making and, and resin casting stuff too where we can do some well, more videos on th that. Too, this is what but. we need to do, Quinn, is the other podcasters, the other guys out there like, that are doing it for a living are at the point where they're making money, they're doing it for a living. Yeah. We're doing jobs of normal work and trying oh to... Oh my God, they demolished that whole fun. area. Yeah, they've turned it all down. It's going to be a quick start. Yeah. Um, so we need to... Yeah. We need to just have the ability to have the time yeah, and because there's a lot of mold making stuff that I still want to do, I just need the time to do it. Well, we have the ability to do a quote show. We got a we background do. now. We got things that we can set up. We could do the, the show, but we have to get our work schedules are long. Yeah, and that's that is hindering things. And I've got so much going on outside of work that's really it takes it's hard to time. just get miniatures painted right now. Of course, you know, we're taking the time right now to do a podcast where I could be painting, but we still want to do podcasts, too. You know, yeah. today we're grabbing this opportunity to do a few podcasts. So. Well, we were going to do a few. Yeah, we have one long one. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's okay. At least we have something. Yeah. Oh, and I've got a couple of things i got to do in here, so I'm going to have to drop you back off here shortly. All right. Well, so. that's fine. We're... And we did say we were going to kind of random it today, so well, we did. Well, did, we did hit the random... Uh, objective pretty well so I guess that's about it for this one yeah. and then if you guys like we say every time you're more than welcome to join the group we'd appreciate it uh, follow us on the podcast or it's on iHeartRadio it's on Spotify yeah. it's on Google Play so go ahead and listen if you'd like send us your suggestions yeah. uh, there is a way to email us from Podbean there it does have that yeah. you can email us from the group too so you can let us know and 
send us recommendations. Yeah. I'm, we're always looking for new games anyway. And now there's a lot of new and old games. You know, there's stuff that I've never seen before or really never touched on that is either being re-released or is new. So if there's something you guys like to play, miniatures or board game or role-playing, and you think we might be interested or would want to talk about it, <laughs> let us know. Yeah, um, and, and board games, you guys yeah. had one person actually asked us, yeah. do you do board games? Well, yeah, we, we've mentioned that all the time. Sure, yeah. we do board games. I mean card games where I don't personally do a lot of deck building games yeah, I, I don't but either. I sure would like to hear from you guys on that and you know what uh, that's the one thing we forgot to mention I should have mentioned it right off the bat we have worked out and did a test on a call in for oh, a show. Yeah. so I'm setting this up for you guys you members to do if you get the Podbean app you download it uh, you'll get notified we'll go live I can have up to four people on at a time and if there's a lot of you on at a time, we can just alternate. Hey, get on. You can have your questions, get them answered, yeah. and get to get to interact with you guys, get to talk, and you know, and it's a live show, so it'd be just kind of fun to do. And I'm thinking probably going to gear that for Sundays. I'm just don't know what day of the week would be best for everybody. But yeah, Sundays generally, I think is probably a smart option. Yeah. So. So what we're, that is already being done, and so you'll probably see an announcement in the next few days to a week or so about a set date. Um, and mainly that's because my work is changing to six days a week, which is really going to suck. But Sundays I will have off, so I'm thinking Sundays I will yeah. set that up and make an event so you guys know when we're going to do this. What do you think there, Clint? Yeah, that sounds like a plan. All right. So we'll let you guys go. Uh, our YouTube channel could use some support. If you want to subscribe and like that, we'd appreciate it. Um, and then give us your ideas. That's right. Until then, just stay safe and have fun. Anything yep. you want to say there, Clint? No, that's all I have for now. All right. We'll let you guys go. Thanks for listening.